Before we get straight into the podcast, I just want to give a huge shout out to our sponsors, D Kirby GA Star. Declan Kirby GA Star Championship Journey. It's a series of GA team children's books written by primary school teacher and GA coach Michael Egan. You can check it out in the link in the description down below, of course, as well. Follow the trials and tribulations of Declan Kirby and his team at Smith Green Gaelic Football Club, recently formed a promising GA team. The book is now available in Easton's and all good bookshops, so check it out in the description down below. And let's get straight into into it okay welcome back to ga fan tv my name is aaron uh, so the all ireland football and hurling senior championships kick off this weekend of course and um, i'm very happy to be joined once again here by matthew hurley from the ga statsman podcast to uh yeah preview the entire football and hurling championships that obviously start this weekend in both hurling and football will be going through all the the big games the big talking points and obviously getting some uh, predictions from matthew as well as well as obviously discussing some of my own predictions in there as well I um, suppose first of all, Matthew, how's things? I'd say you're excited now for the for the championship to to finally start. Uh, I know obviously we had the league and the league was was breathtaking. It was brilliant, but I suppose the championship is obviously what supporters are most you know fascinated about. So I suppose uh, I'd imagine you're excited enough to to see it all start this weekend. Yeah, Aaron, uh, thanks for having me on again on your YouTube channel. Uh, really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely buzzing. The championship's beginning. I know it's probably more more suited for league for the likes of myself with Cork I don't think realistically we're not going to win a Munster title beating Kerry well we hope we do though but it's not 2010 we have to kind of get that into our brains and it is not really 2010 it's not even 2011 or anything or even the Leinster counties did probably rather than league but even you look at Offaly last week their decision to actually play Derry maybe they'd rather the league than the championship game against Loud on Sunday but sure Look, the championship's back. It's what matters, as you usually said, your channel. I think Ulster will be very fascinating, particularly this year. I think anybody could win it, really. Even Antrim, who performed well in Division 4 in many ways. So, I think Connacht Ulster will be interesting. Munster, I'm holding on to hope, really, that could be interesting. But Leinster, I think, I really feel sorry for the Leinster counties in many ways, you know, dealing with Dublin, but... Yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing for the championship hurling and football, of course. It's going to be really competitive, I feel, this year, hopefully, anyway. Yeah, 100%. It's definitely going to be a, an interesting one. And I suppose you were touching on the the Ulster Senior Football Championship, and I suppose we'll uh, we'll touch on that first of all. You've got Donegal and Down, and obviously the winner playing Derry. Derry, obviously, with that very commanding win over Offaly, a fantastic performance in many ways from Derry in that victory. But... Donegal down, first of all. I'd imagine it should be comfortable enough for Donegal, but down are a Division 2 team, and they did put it up to Cavan in the in the Ulster semi-final last year. They were leading at one stage for the majority of the first half. So I suppose, first of all, how would you see that game go? Yeah, I think down, they performed well enough against the likes of Westmead in fairness to them, but Donegal, they're miles ahead. And personally, I'd actually put Donegal number three. I think they've been inconsistent for many seasons. Like you've seen in many seasons, they, they fought at the last hurdle going to the other the semi-final when realistically they are the other the semi-final team. But usually in Ulster down through the years, they'd beat teams like Down. They're not like a Monaghan that's, you know, flop under pressure or anything. But Down in other games, other than Westmead and Leash, let's be fair, Leash are poured offside. But in the games against Meath and especially Mayo, they were very, very poor. And they're facing a... Much better side, in my opinion, here in Donegal. 
And Johnny Gall aren't really like other other Ulster teams. They don't shut up shop or anything. They have the forwards even without Michael Murphy to break a team like down into little bits. You look at Paddy McBriarty, even Owen McGettigan coming on and getting one one against Dublin. Oshin Gallen, who didn't perform that well against Dublin, but we'll see how he performs against Down. Or even the midfield, Quaylan McGonagall looks very good. Patter Morgan was injured, I believe, against Dublin. He has to come back into the team. So Donegal definitely have the players, and I think they will have enough to beat Down, definitely. Like, Down, I don't know about them. They have to kill cool lads back, obviously, after a brilliant club campaign in 2020, but... Looking at them, I think Paddy Talley is probably playing the wrong tactics with them. Like the game's really evolved more than defensive tactics, and down or sticking to this old rigid structure, and it's it's not helping in any way. They tried it against Meath, they played terrible football, and they lost the game. So it didn't really prove dividends whatsoever. But surely to God, Dudley God will win this game. They'll be focused on Derry. Derry will be a tough assignment for them, but. I think they'll still play their first team in many ways, Duddy Gall, because they'd want to get, get the game over as uh, early as possible. In many ways, because if Down, you know, build up a lead earlier on, you see the game against Monaghan, or yeah, Monaghan in 2017, the Ulster semi final, Down built up a lead, and then it's a half time, Monaghan couldn't come back into the game after that. So, Duddy Gall will hope that is that doesn't happen on Sunday, but. Surely it won't. I think Down have regressed while Duddy Gall, in some ways, have improved from last year with the players are in, like McGettigan, McGonagall's coming more into it now, and Paddy McBriarty's replacing Michael Murphy very well. So I expect a comfortable enough Duddy Gall win, but then again, it is Ulster Championship after all, and I wouldn't be surprised if Down put up some sort of a fight on Sunday. Yeah, and no, I suppose you alluded to it there. Like, there's just there's very little between all the teams in, in many ways in Ulster. Like, and like you've got four Division One teams in there. Then you've obviously got two teams now in Division Two. And I think Cavan, ironically enough, who are the the champions, are the only team going to be in Division Four next year from Ulster. So, and I suppose for Derry, I mean, like obviously it's a hard one to predict. Uh, I think because there's no real evidence to go off that they will beat a Donegal or they will you know, cause a big shock and maybe go on and win Ulster because obviously the last time they played, you know, quality opposition like Donegal, I think was 2019 and they were a bit of a different team back then than they are now. So what do you reckon? Like, can Derry put it up to Donegal? Can they cause a shock? And I suppose how close do you reckon that game could be? Or or could Donegal maybe just pull away and then show that there is maybe a bit of a gap between these teams? It's actually funny that this game is approaching in many ways. That's, of course, if Donegal beat down because Derry actually played a similar game after they got to the league final in 2014, I believe, against Dublin. They played well enough against Dublin and Crow Park. Dublin obviously pulled away, but then they played Donegal the championship. Everybody thought Derry would put up a, a big challenge to Donegal. You know, all the champions from two seasons previous that year and Donegal wiped the floor with them. And then in the qualifier, well, there's no qualifiers this year, but then Derry lost to Longford, which was quite embarrassing considering what happened to them in the league campaign. So maybe the league could be a false dawn. But having said that, you look at Derry's performances in the league. I know it was Division 3, but I've seen them in a few games, three in particular, Cavan, Limerick and Offaly last Saturday. I thought they were absolutely outstanding. Well, they weren't that good against Offaly, but they got the job done in the end. I think Offaly are a bit behind Derry, you know, in development. But as as Chrissy McHague alluded to on my podcast earlier, 
the team seems more united now. Rory Gallagher is bringing his tactics into place. And Derry seem to have the best players available to them, which is a big plus. You look at Connor Glass coming into that team and Shane McGuigan on form is one of the best forwards in the country, in my opinion. So they can put it up to Donegal, absolutely. Obviously, they'd be hoping for a luck, um, a lucky sport. They'll get down in the next round. But then again, as I said, it's going to be very unlikely that down come through that. But they could beat Donegal. They definitely could if they implement the performance, especially for the Cavan game, but and maybe a bit for the Limerick game. But if they perform like they did against Offley, where they were a bit sloppy at times, they scored three points from playing the first half, for example. You know, it could be it could be a hard afternoon for Derry that day, but then again, Donegal, they do have to be down first. They have to take it one game at a time. And I would fancy Donegal to beat Derry, but I would think it'd be closer than the game for 2014, for example, because Derry are much better side. They're much more united. And if Shane McGuigan's on form, he could trouble that Donegal defence, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting to see, I suppose, how Donegal deal with them or, or down or, or whatever way it goes. But you would have to, to feel like I do fancy Donegal to, to get passed down and, and Derry as well. And I suppose Tyrone and Cavan, I mean, I remember speaking to John McMahon from the J-Mac podcast when this draw was made and he was very confident as a as a Cavan man. I'm not too sure if he'd be feeling like that now if he's watching this, but I mean, like can Cavan bounce back? Can they go on a run like they done last year? It's very unlikely. And I suppose going up against Tyrone, I mean, it's a, it's a huge task for, for Cavan in this game. You would think so, look at Cavan going down to Division 4, but... Brace yourself, Cavan fans. I will give you a bit of hope here. Tyrone, you know, we're underperforming against Kerry. They have a few new players coming in and it takes a while for Fergal Logan and Brian Dewar to bid in tactics, but that's as far as the positives go, I'm afraid. Like, Cavan, look, after the Dublin game, I thought they actually performed pretty well in the All-Ireland semi-final. Martin Riley played well and a few of them, Patrick Lynch coming in this year, I thought was actually impressive against Fermanagh, for example, and Brought off early, as I've said in podcast um, previously as well. You know, it's it was a bit of a weird decision to bring on Michael Argan. I'm sure John said that in your podcast as well. But look, it's it's like as you said plenty of times on your videos uh, recently. It's like they hit the boat and a bit like Tipperary, and they're just sliding down it. But I thought Cavan would actually go further, considering the young players they brought in as years gone by, the likes of Patrick Lynch, for example, and Thomas Gallagher, who's been really injured throughout the year, which doesn't bode well for Cavan. Maybe they can't function without him, but Tyrone is a weird one. I thought they'd actually challenge Dublin in many ways for the other. They, I thought they had a good defence and a good attack, but looking at the Kerry game, they were absolutely all over the place. And if they perform like that, maybe not so against Cavan because I think their confidence is down the drain really after going down to Division 4. But if they perform like that against Donegal, like they did against Kerry, they're going to get a slaughtering because Donegal might have Michael Murphy back. We don't know the extent from his injury. Paddy McBrearty, Oshin Gallen, Jamie Brennan. Like that forward line will destroy Tyrone if they perform like that, the performance against Kerry. And they didn't really test Kerry's backs in a way as well, which is a worrying aspect for Forker Logan and Brian Dewar. But you'd have to think Tyrone will get past this game against Cavan. But seeing what happened last year against Monaghan, everybody expected Monaghan to get past. I'm sure I said in your podcast as well, Monaghan would win Ulster, which was kind of a stupid state by me looking back at this. But um, look, Cavan can pull a surprise. 
And um, if they have Thomas Gallagher back, it'll be huge. If they play the right team, like a Patrick Lynch or Conor Madden in the full forward line, that'll be huge for them. And they could cr- cause Toronto a surprise, but I would expect nothing more than the Toronto win, if I'm honest. I think they'll, they need to improve with the Kerry game. They will improve and they'll swap Kavanaugh's side eventually. But don't be surprised if Cavan pull off a shock for the third season running because let's remember 2019 they also got to the Ulster final so we'll have to wait and see it'll be very interesting that game but I'd have to fancy Tyrone to beat Cavan but then again don't be surprised if Cavan pull off yet another shock yeah absolutely and I suppose in Mickey Graham's first two years he got relegated and he also got them to an Ulster final so I suppose you know it's going to be probably tougher for them this year they're on a, a tougher side of the draw than they were last year but, it, but you never know. Like I, I do reckon they'll put it up to Tyrone and I think it'll be competitive for probably about 55, 60 minutes. But I think Tyrone surely will just have way too much firepower. And I think it's a, a good game for them to potentially click into gear and maybe get Conor McKenna back up to form or maybe Colin McShane comes off the bench for the final 15 to 20 minutes. I suppose our man Antrim, I mean... I suppose, uh, you know, you obviously, of course, have uh, Enda McGidley, of course, former... Tyrone manager, of course, ahead of uh, of Antrim. Well, he'd love nothing more, I'm supposed to to get one over Armagh, but surely you'd have to to go with Armagh here to to get the victory. You'd have to absolutely like Armagh have absolutely blitzed many teams in the league in terms of performances. They actually blitzed Donegal in that game, but Donegal came back in the last ten minutes. So that's positive signs for Armagh. Kieran Donaghy's really made a huge impact, and you talk about in the beginning wanting to get one over an Armand. Maybe Kieran Donaghy wants to get one over an Indy McGinley after the hurt that they caused Kerry over the years. But look, Armand, brilliant forwards, the likes of Stephen Campbell, the O'Neill brothers, Connor Turbot coming through and Jarlis O'Burns in midfield is absolutely superb. You look at Aidan Varker, centre-back, full-back, wing-back, wherever he is, he's absolutely brilliant. And Blaine Hughes, I think, is one of the best goalkeepers in the country at the moment. So, fair juice to Antrim. They got up to Division 3 and I thought they'd actually, they wouldn't go up considering Leitrim's performances in Division 3 last year and considering load of Mickey Hart and Jared. So, fair play to in the beginning. He's, he's a bit like Darren Gleeson with the hurlers. He's trying to get something out of them. And in fairness, he is Paddy Cunningham. Even, I don't know what age, he's sure he's above 35 now, but he keeps dragging Antrim out of, you know... Matt, uh, drawing situations and then seems to get the winning point maybe do the same against Armagh we'll have to wait and see but sure I, I have to expect an Armagh win here considering the performances in Division 1 and considering the way they pushed Roscommon away at ease so it'll be an interesting championship for Armagh can they win Ulster for the first time since 2008 is another question for another day but surely they'll beat Cav- or, or, excuse me, Antrim and progress to probably face the likes of Monaghan in the semi-final and we see the Division 1, they're huge rivals and it will be a belter that game. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and like for, for I suppose for Armagh, like going up against Antrim, like you, you'd have to surely expect a victory and I hope Armagh do play in the front foot in this game. I know they, they do tend to be quite defensive. I get a lot of men back, but I, could, I, I would expect that Antrim would do the same. And I remember watching Cabin and Antrim in last year's championship, I think a lot of people forget that that game actually happened in Ulster because it was probably the worst game of the championship. But yeah, hopefully this is somewhat entertaining. Armagh can can take the game to Antrim. Where would you put Armagh? Do you kind of see them as, as dark horses or, or potentially, like I've given a prediction that they'll win Ulster, which is probably a bit of a shot in the dark. 
Um, I just have a sneaky feeling that Donegal are going to be caught, but what do you reckon yourself? I think you're right in many ways, considering I mentioned with Donegal, they seem to flop once they are on the brink of a semi-final appearance. You see it with Cavan, you see it with Mayo in 2019 and Tyrone in 2018. They seem to fall at the last hurdle. So, And considering their record against Tyrone, they'd probably get to the Ulster final anyway. So you're probably right with our man there. But I don't know about Monaghan really, like... Will they mess up for the fourth year running after down Cavan twice and Fermanagh? Well, they're playing Fermanagh now, which is, should be very interesting. But I, I don't know about Armagh. They could win Ulster. Like, I think I predicted Armagh to win Ulster in 2020. Maybe it was a bit too soon for them, considering they needed time to bet in the own players like the O'Neill brothers and um, Connor Torbett and Jarlo Burns, etc. But maybe this is the year Kier McGee stamps his authority on the championship with Armand. Considering, I think Armand are the, the only last reached the Ulster final in 2008, which was, is an absolutely crazy statistic. I think they're the, I think Fermanagh and Antrim have reached the final, for example, and Down have reached the final more recently than Armand, which is absolutely incredible in many ways. Considering Armand won the All-Ireland in 2002, people may forget, but sure, Kieran, you have Kieran Donaghy there. He seems to be um, getting something out of them Armagh players and you see with Kieran Donaghy's success with Kerry it's absolutely huge and Kieran McGeady obviously getting to All-Ireland semi-final with Kildare as a manager winning the All-Ireland as captain with Armagh it's absolutely huge having them kind of people in the management team to jizz on these young players and absolutely I actually see Armagh doing well as well like yourself but it'll all depend on probably the Monaghan or Fermanagh game in the semi-final because I think will Donegal have a bit about them to get to the other the semi final this year? Sure, you think surely they can mess it up the same as Monaghan. They cannot mess it up for like the fourth, fifth year running because it'll be absolutely unheard of and it'll become a meme at this point. So maybe Donegal will book that trend this year. Maybe our Monaghan can book the trend losing to smaller teams. We'll have to wait and see. But the signs are good for our Mac considering their Division One performances and. Considering Kieran Donaghy and Kieran McGeady will get something out of these young players in the coming years. Yeah, like there's so many if buts and maybes, like with all these different counties in Ulster. Like there's probably four or five counties there that you can make a case for for going on and winning Ulster. And Monaghan, you alluded to there, very hard team to call. They've, like you said, lost to Down in 2017, for Mana in 2018, Cavan the past two years. So such a, a hard team to call. And Fermanagh, I suppose, are coming in with a bit of momentum, obviously having been in that Division 3 uh, semi-final. I thought they'd go down, to be honest with you, and they proved me wrong, probably proved a lot of other people wrong as well. And I suppose they're, the, you know, when Monaghan are coming in with a bit of momentum, I suppose, as well, having beaten Galway. So I suppose for two counties maybe that were predicted to be relegated from their respective divisions, they're both going in with a, a bit of momentum. Small bit. I think Monaghan are going in with more momentum if I'm honest because, um, yes, Fermanagh, well done to them for beating Cavan, in all fairness, beating Ulster Championships. Ap- Champions is absolutely huge for Royce McMenamin. But the, the thing is, they won one game out of four in the large scheme of things. They got hammered by Derry. They drew against Longford, who weren't that aggressive in the league. And then they lost to Offaly, and I think Offaly... As far as I know, they were actually much the better side in that game as well. So, 
Look, I think Monaghan are actually going with more momentum in many ways, but you see with Fermanagh, they're capable of these shock results. And with Royce McMillan in charge, maybe there'll be defensive tactics implemented. And you surely think Monaghan will get past this game. They would have got past Cavett last year if they didn't revert it to a defensive system because they were afraid to play against the wind last year. Let's be honest. They, they could have attacked if it was a, you know, a summer championship, but that's in the past now. And surely with Monaghan, with these young players coming through, Killian Neville, Aaron Mulligan, Conor McCarthy proving his worth now, Conor McManus coming into form in the last few games of the league, Jack McCarron performing well against Galway. Surely to God, Monaghan would win this game and stamp their authority in the championship and play our man in kind of a derby in that game, so that would be absolutely huge. But then again, like many teams in Ulster, like all teams in Ulster, let's be honest, do not write off for mana. They might cause a shock. Sean Quigley might have a day where he turns into Lionel Messi like he did against Cavan. Or Kieran Corrigan might turn into a Noel Scully or or a, or a Sean O'Shea from Kerry like he did against Fermanagh scoring three points. Uh, Cavan, excuse me, scoring three points. So you never know. You never know in Ulster Championship football, but you have to expect Monaghan will get through that and play Armagh. Who will win that is another uh, story for another day. It'll be a huge game, that game. And there's a huge rivalry between the two. And that should be a cracker of a game, Armagh Monaghan, as he seeded the league. Armagh had the upper hand there, but maybe Monaghan would want to right those wrongs. And they're as you say, Monaghan are going in with a bit of momentum after winning the last game, drawing against Donegal and Tyrone. So you never know what Monaghan, maybe they could go on a run to the other the semi-final, but we'll have to wait and see, but don't write for Mana off just yet either. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't think you can write for Mana off, especially given Monaghan's recent record. And I think they beat Tyrone, I remember one of the years as well, in a cracking game. And then I think lost to Fermanagh the next game. So it kind of sums up the way Monaghan have been over the past few years. And, who, who, who ultimately would you back then to, to win the Ulster Championship from there if I suppose we're going off that semi-finals, which I suppose would be the same as the the you know the league, the same four teams. Who would you back at this point to, to win the Ulster Championship? Would it still be Donegal or do you think there could be a, a surprise or shock in there? Jeez, this, this is actually a, such a tough championship to call in many ways. Yeah, it's, it's very tough. I'm changing my mind yeah. every 10 minutes, so... <laughs> You'd be right in fairness, but um, look, I, I said Monaghan would win Ulster on your channel last year, and geez, I got a, a bit of a backfire two weeks later once Cavan beat them. So I don't know, should I back Monaghan again, in all honesty? Um, Tyrone have a bad record against Donegal. Will they change it? Oh man, it's it's a tough decision. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Donegal will book the trend finally after about three or four years without a semi-final appearance and finally booked the trend and win the Anglo-Sed Cup. It's about time. They have the players. Michael Murphy, Paddy McBriarty, Quayla McGonagall, Pader Morgan, List is endless and Declan Bonner would want to get an Ulster Championship this year. If he doesn't, I think his job might be under scrutiny in many ways, but that's another discussion for another day. But I'm predicting Donegal to win it, but then again, I wouldn't put... I wouldn't put my house in it whatsoever in this championship because anything can happen, as we've said throughout the video already. Yeah, absolutely. This is definitely the the championship you don't um, want to bet on, which I suppose is a good thing because 
I suppose we're going to discuss the championship now where we definitely know the outcome and that's Leinster. And I suppose, first of all, we'll discuss like the fact that there's no qualifiers this year. I was interested to, to get your opinion. And I suppose this probably applies best maybe to a lot of counties in Ulster, maybe the likes of Derry as well. Like what, what what's your opinion on there not being qualifiers this year? Because it is, in my opinion, quite frustrating. Like the fact the All-Ireland final is until the end of August. And I know clubs want to get back training and all the rest. But what what do you think? I honestly think there should be qualifiers, at least have qualifiers for the all the um, provincial finalists. You know, if the provincial finalists don't get a second chance, like there's plenty of time this year. They could easily play the All-Ireland final in September. Like, I, I don't know why they can't do that. In many ways, Hurling has qualifiers and that's turned out pretty well, having second chances and all that. But I, I find it frustrating, like yourself as well, the fact that Derry... You know, you have to play Donegal after the impressive league campaign. They get one game. Clare have to play Kerry, which we'll talk about later on. They get one game after performing so well in Division 2. Limerick, in many ways, perform have two games. Waterford and then Cork. So, it's it's very frustrating for many teams. You look at Roscommon and Galway. I know they didn't perform. They got relegated, but they get one game and they're gone. They lose that game. So, it's... It's very frustrating. You even look at Offaly, who could be in- influenced by last week's game and lose against Loud. And in the space of two weeks, you have a Division 3 final and the next week your season's over. I think it's it's a bit of a joke in many ways. I think they could easily put the other final to September. I think clubs can then... I, I, I think, you know, for example, if Cork goes to the championship, the Cork uh, County Championship could start once the footballers go out. Like they could still implement that because the other semi-finals will be something like August or maybe even September. So I don't most coaches will be out by then. So club championships can start by that point anyway. So I, I don't see the point in no qualifiers this year, especially it's a summer championship. There's loads of time to do it. And it's utterly frustrating for teams like Derry, Clare, Limerick, or even Ross Common and Galway or Offaly, who perform so well and they get no reward whatsoever for the championship it's it's just a joke in many ways and I suppose you feel the same way any other GA influence or GA fan would see, feel the same way as myself in many ways so I find it frustrating I suppose you find it frustrating in many ways as well yeah absolutely it definitely is frustrating all right and I think I don't think the provincials in the clubs are not I don't think they start till January or February of next year from from what I've seen so I think we, there could be a situation like say for example Wicklow or, or Wexford whoever wins that game and then obviously loses to Dublin like I, I, you know they'll want to start their club championship probably in August or September or maybe later because they don't want to have a huge gap in between that and the provincials so yeah, it definitely is a, a confusing one, all right. And I, I understand at the time with the COVID situation why they made the decision they did. But I think given how things have kind of gone since, I'm, I'm sure they could have made one or two changes. And I suppose Wicklow and Wexford in, in general, I mean, I suppose like the winner obviously goes on to play Dublin, which again is probably shows the how, how weirdly the championship is structured. The fact that, you know, these two are probably the lowest ranked teams in Leinster going up against possibly the best team of all time but who do you reckon wins anyway at least this game will be an even game anyways between the two will be an even game without a doubt and fair juice to Wicklow for staying up in Division 3 first of all they have some excellent young players in Owen Darcy Podjo Tool, Oshiba Greener so it, it was an absolutely brilliant achievement and I think 
they've achieved what they set out to do with the start of the year Wexford. It's a bit disappointing for them because I actually thought they topped their Southern division. It was a good result to get Sligo in all fairness, but look, the, this is the... Well, the thing is, if you win this game, what's the point of going to the next game? That's the whole joke in many ways about it in many ways going up against the All-Ireland champions when you're Division 3, bottom of Division 3 and Division 4. It kind of makes no sense. Like, put it this way, it's like in hurling, if Limerick come up against the Tyrone, you know the outcome in this game from the outset. Like, it's... Look, whoever wins this game will just go in, you know get a few autographs, maybe get a short swap with a Dublin player, getting their shorts off of their heroes or market their heroes. That, that'll be the be-all and end-all for these players. But who will go on and win this game? Wicklow won the last two outings in Division 4, obviously, last seat, or Division 4, and then in the Leinster Championship last year. And I think Wicklow will carry on that trend. They have good young players coming through. Wexford, I think they need to regroup for next year. I think Shane Roach will want to do that considering they lost to Watford for, I don't know how many times they've lost to Watford now, it's getting beyond ridiculous and Wexford shouldn't be losing to Watford really they lost to Carlo as well, I know there were tight games but still Wexford shouldn't be losing them type of games but I think Wicklow have improved under David Burke and they will get over this game but then again, looking who they're facing next, what's the point in all honesty? Yeah, it's it's a strange one, all right. And I suppose I was speaking to Daniel St. Ledger, former Carlo footballer there not too long ago, and he was even saying, you know, maybe some of these players, a lot of these players will probably just want to go back playing with their clubs when this game finishes up. And it's it's a shame that it has to be that way. Like we all know it's, you know, sport is all about competing. It's all about competition. And I suppose if you want to beat the best or, you know, if you want to beat the best, you have to take out the best, I suppose. So, it is a tough one for, for Wicklow and, and Wexford. And I think right now, given the, the circumstances, especially with COVID and the lack of games and all the rest, like there definitely should have been something done maybe where they could have restructured the championship in a certain way. In my opinion, anyway, maybe had Dublin already in a, a Leinster semi-final, but I suppose that's a, a conversation for another day. I suppose Carlo and Longford is a, another game that's taken place. The winner of that playing Mead. Um, I suppose for Longford, like they'll be... You know, Carlo have looked good in Division 4, to be fair to them, but Longford will surely be the, the favourites going into this one. They'd have to be favourites, yeah. I know Carlo have actually performed well enough in Division 4, winning two games, but then losing that game to Lode, and it was a bit of a downer for them. But it's interesting with Longford, because I had Orn Kenny speaking to Orn Kenny recently, their corner forwards, and he was saying their aim was to get up to Division 2, despite how the league might look. They just survived after beating Tipperary. But from what I was hearing anyway, they were much better, the much better side over Tipperary. And you know, the qualifier um, chat we were just having it just there, that'll affect Longford more because they seem to excel in the qualifiers once they get there. And they'd be excelling for 2022, no doubt. But they should be Carlo. And I actually think, considering Mead's form in the Division Two, I think they've gone backwards ever since that slaughtering they got in the Leinster final last year. I think that this is an opportunity for Longford to get into another Leinster semi-final. And considering the draw is going to be made, I actually don't know what the reasoning for this is, but the draw will be made after the quarterfinals are completed. If they face someone like Westmead or Leash, who were that great in Division 2, Westmead were unlucky, Leash were, you know, they weren't great whatsoever. But if they face one of them in the semi-final, 
that's a Leinster final for Longford. They're the second smallest county in Ireland. So there's an opportunity there for even Carlo to get to a Leinster final. It'll be absolutely huge. So I think both sides will be gunning for this game and it will be a tough one to call. I, I would say Longford because I think they have better players like Dior and Kenny's, like Mickey Quinn, who's a brilliant, experienced player for them. And I think they'd be looking at the next game after they beat Carl, if they beat Carlo, of course, against Mead and potentially West Mead or Leash. And look, and they'll say, look, lads, there's a Leinster final here. No matter if we're playing Dublin or whatever, that'll be four championship games for us. And that's going to be huge going into next season for the Longford lads. So imagine Longford in Leinster final. It could happen given if the draw goes in their favour, but stranger things have happened. And and I actually think other than Dublin, the Leinster Championship is competitive as seen in recent years. Longford beat Mead years back. So you never know. Longford could beat Mead or beat West Mead or Leash. So it will be a tough one to call Longford, Carlo. But I think Longford will win this game and they could fancy their chances of getting to a Leinster final, which I said would be absolutely huge for a county like, like Longford. Yeah, like, and I think the, the re, you know, you were kind of saying there that I suppose if the Longford management were to sit down with the Longford lads and tell them, you know, you've potentially four games this year, I think that's probably one of the reasons why they haven't done the semi final draw. Because if Longford seen, you know, if the Longford management may be seen that they could potentially meet Dublin in a semi final then maybe the motivation levels wouldn't be there or something. And it's weird for the GA to almost admit that there is a, is a problem there. Um, but I don't know what the official reason was, to be honest. So maybe, uh, maybe someone in the comments down below can, can let us know. But yeah, in terms of them going up against Mead in a, in a Leinster quarterfinal, I mean, I suppose for me, like there is a potential there for, for Longford to cause a shock, but I don't know. I feel like with, with the fact that it already happened a couple of years ago, that surely Mead and Andy McEntee will will know going into that game that are right. They need to right the wrong in many ways because I don't think they've played Longford since. So I suppose there's um, like surely, surely Mead will be able to to pull through there. You would think so. Looking at Mead's talent, like the like of James Condon or uh, Don Donald Keoghan there, but. The thing is, Mead haven't really performed well since they spanked Wicklow, scoring seven goals. Like against Kildare, they got lucky scoring five goals in the second half. Kildare fell apart in many ways. Then they got hammered by Dublin. And then in Division 2, they were lucky against Westmead. Against Down, well, Down weren't that great, let's be honest, as I've mentioned previously in this chat. Um, Mayo, I suppose you can't count that because they played a second team. But against Kildare, they weren't that great. They weren't that great, and Kildare got over them quite easily, which I didn't really expect that Mead would actually put up more of a challenge there. But you think they'd learned the lessons from a few years ago after the Longford game, but then again, looking at Mead's form, Longford could easily beat them. They could easily beat them, given Mead's form in Division 2, against sides like West Mead, who I think West Mead are similar level in many ways to Longford they're both division three teams next season so look I think Mead have the talent there's no doubt about that they have good young players coming through the likes of Luke Mitchell coming through who's a brilliant young player but look I, I actually think Longford I genuinely believe Longford could pull a shock here against Mead because Mead's form since the Wicklow game has been utterly horrendous in many ways their performances anyway on the pitch so I'd actually give Longford a chance, but maybe it could go the way of the Wicklow game last year. Maybe it would come out of nowhere, 
losing every game in Division 1 and then spanking Wicklow by seven goals or something and everything's back to normal again. So it could turn out two ways, but I would give Longford a huge chance of ETB considering their form going into this game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, um, it is going to be an interesting one. I would, I would go with Mead ultimately to, to get the victory there, but I suppose with, with Longford and the momentum having beaten, I suppose, last year's Munster champions in, in Tipperary and even put in a, a decent display against Cavan and, and Fermanagh as well. So definitely there's a there's a chance there for Longford. I suppose Kildare, like I suppose, if, obviously we, we don't know the, the Leinster semi-final draw, but I suppose if you were to do a power rankings or something of the counties in Leinster, I know Dublin would be way up in, in front of everyone. I suppose they have their own league, but I suppose below that, I'd imagine you'd have Kildare in a number two, I suppose, after promotion uh, to Division One. And I suppose Jack O'Connor seems to be taking their this young team anyway in the in the right direction. And they play, um, I believe it's uh Loud, I think it is. Well, it's the winner of Loud and Offaly, so I suppose we should probably touch on that game first. Loud and Offaly. Um, how how do you reckon that would go? Offaly's form of the league has actually been impressive, obviously, getting to that Division 3 final and they have brilliant young players coming through. John Mahon has done an absolutely outstanding job with Offaly, but then again, that loss against Derry Astley last week, let's be honest, it was an absolute hammering. So maybe we'll play on the minds of the Offaly players and Loud will have a chance to pounce in many ways. Like Loud didn't play their Division 4 final last year. Maybe... That's a decision that Offaly could regret in many ways. I know they got the opportunity to play in Crow Park, but coming off the back of a hammering, it's going to be hard for the Offaly lads to recover from that. So I would I'd slightly fancy load in that game. I know Offaly have better players, but Mickey Hart will try to get something out, out of these low players. He seems to be improving load nearly every game. They lost the first game, and then they win the next three. So... You never know. I I actually think Lowe would win this by one or two points, considering awfully what happened to awfully last Saturday against Derry. So, but then going to Kildare, as you said, with a power ranking, I actually uh, I I'm actually going to release this as soon as I can. But I'd actually rank Kildare number two as well, like yourself, because I I think they perform reasonably well against Cork, against Clare, despite them losing against Mead, against Leash, but let's be honest, Leash are pretty poor. But the thing that would worry me about Kildare is probably the last 10 minutes of games. Like, Cork scored, for example, six points against them to make the score more respectable. Clare got a goal towards the end, which proved costly. And Mead nearly got back into that game when Kildare were quite comfortable throughout the game. So that would be a worry for me with Kildare, considering if they come up against Dublin and the game is... Twice going into the last 10 minutes, Dublin could then just blitz them and game will be over within five minutes or something else. So that'll be that'll be a worry for Jack O'Connor. They, they have to work on that, you know, in, energy and fitness towards the last 10 minutes of games in the training ground. They, they definitely have the players. They have Jimmy Hyland, Daniel Flynn, if he comes back from his injury, Kevin Feely's utilized very well left foot forward or center forward. And Derek Huron, he's an absolutely find of the year last year and he's improving year game on game this year and you look at their midfield as well with uh, Luke Flynn Kevin Flynn uh, way back is what is probably in the team of the league in many people's team of the league and he's an absolute find of the year in my opinion so Kildare I think again like a Longford or Mead if they get lucky with the Leinster draw if they face 
any of the two sides other than Dublin, of course, they could get in the Leinster final and they could challenge Dublin. My heart says they'll beat Dublin in many ways because I want a good Leinster final, but my head is saying Dublin hammering without a doubt. And it's it's going to be sad for this Kildare team, considering the progress they made with Jack O'Connor, but maybe they look towards 2022 and they look at Division 1 games and a bit like me going into the championship last year, they'll improve even though they'll get beatings. Maybe they'll get a win here or there. But the main thing is they'll improve. They'll mix it in with the big boys like so Dublin, Kerry, Toronto, Donegal. And they'll definitely improve. And let's not forget there were under 20 champions in 2018. So the talent is there. The potential is there. And they have the manager and Jack O'Connor to back that up. So... Look, I think they'll get to Leinster final if they get a lucky draw, but Dublin far too good, I'm afraid. And they'll focus to next year in getting, you know, decent games at Division 1 under their belt. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. I think for Kildare, the main focus definitely will be Division 1 football next year. And yeah, I suppose what you said there in regards to the Leinster final, like I know for myself personally, I obviously don't want Kildare to win, but I would like to see it be a, a good game and a competitive game if that is the Leinster final that happens. And I suppose like Kildare, to be fair, I couldn't see it being as bad as what it was in terms of, you know, how badly Dublin have beaten me over the past two years. I think Kildare will put up more of a fight, but you would still expect it to be in and around double digits, maybe 10 points or give or take, or maybe a little bit less. But yeah, you, you would definitely have to fancy Dublin. And the other game, obviously, in the Leinster Championship is Westmead and Leash. Um, who, who do you reckon would come out there? I suppose Westmead would be the... Well, both teams have, have lost every game in, in Division 2, obviously, this year. But I suppose Westmead are the ones coming in with... I suppose their heads held a little bit higher given the, the teams they were playing and the, the performances they put in. Yeah, absolutely. And as a Cork fan myself, I've had the privilege of watching these two teams and... The side I thought was much more impressive and by a long way was Westmead. Don't let the scoreline fool you. I think Cork got goals towards the end and just saw off Westmead at the end. But a six-point game, it was never a six-point game. I think Westmead were in that game, throughout peers of that game. They were in the game against Mayo and they probably should have beaten Leeds, let's be real as well. Like we beat Leach by eight points without performing particularly well against Westmead. We got the goals that we needed and we put them away but the thing was Westmead they scored 25 points in Parky Cueve against a side that you know have good youngsters coming through would want to put themselves up with like to carry Dublin in many years to come and they still lost the game which is the most frustrating thing from the point of view of Jack Jack Cooney in many ways because I actually feel sorry for them in, in many ways you look at the Mayo game in any other game, they could have won that game. Cork, 25 points would win you, I don't know, 99% of the games. And they ended up losing because Cork scored three goals in a thriller. Me, they should have beaten. And down was a kick in the teeth, as Jason Keelan from the Loaf of Bread podcast said in a preview to the Cork game as well and my own podcast. So, you know, I, I actually think Westmead should win this game now against Leash. Like, Leash... They've gone backwards in many ways since last year. They were poor against... They were decent enough against Cork, but they were very poor against Clare, very poor against Kildare. They were okay against Down, but then again, as I said, in plenty times throughout this chat, Down aren't that great. So you would have to fancy Westmead getting through. 
And if they face someone like a bead in the semi-final, I know I keep mentioning this now, but probably the Leinster semi-final had to, the draw had to be made there to give us more clarity on what's going to happen. But if they face someone like a bead, I think they'd fancy their chance in getting to a Leinster final. And I think it's relative success and they could regroup again and try to get back to Division 2 because... Honestly, look at their performances this year. Their Division Two team, there's no doubt about that. They have John Hazlin, Luke Lachlan, Jimmy Dolan, Ron O'Toole, who performed very well, Joe Egan, who performed well against Cork. So, Westmead have good players, and I think that would be enough to get them over the line this one finally after four losses. Yeah, like and like what you alluded to there about Westmead. I think they could definitely, well, not easily, I suppose, beat Amid or Kildare, but they could put it up to Amid or Kildare. Um, don't think the gap between those three counties is that big. And I think on any given day, you know, maybe a Westmead could could pull it off. I suppose with the game, it, it depends on the venue maybe as well. If they're in Crow Park, you would maybe fancy someone, someone like a Kildare or Mead. But then again, we've seen what happened when Westmead played Cork. They played on the front foot. And I think maybe 12 of the 13 points, you know, they, they hit something like 13 points or, or something inside the first, you know, 15 minutes or something crazy like that. So, yeah, Westmead could could easily potentially cause a, a surprise against the meter Kildare. There's, there's no doubts about it. In terms of Connacht, we'll move on there. We've, I suppose, first of all, you have Mayo against Sligo and the winner of that playing Leitrim. I suppose, is there anything we can learn about these uh, these these games that are going to take place? I mean, we all know Mayo are, are, are going to cruise past both of these two teams, but is there anything we can learn, I suppose, about Mayo or, or even Sligo and Leitrim in, in these games? One thing we can learn that Leitrim and Sligo are way behind the top go- to the top teams in many ways, but that's all we're going to learn in many ways. Like it's it's a horrible situation for the likes of Sligo and Leitrim to put themselves into. Leitrim shot me a small bit. I thought they'd perform better in the league in many ways, considering they performed well enough in Division Three. They almost survived, but for last year defeat to Tipperary and then to get no wins is just a kick in the teeth for them. Sligo performed, you know, better than last year in many ways, but then again, lost to Wexford, which was considering how Wexford, poor Wexford were in their two games. It wasn't a great result for Tony McEntee there, but I think it's all about developing for a team like Sligo. It might be the last year for Terry Highland and Leitrim. But as for Mayo, look, they can't learn anything, only to give young players like... You know, Oshie Mullen, Owen McLaughlin, Tommy Conroy, more game time. And even, you know, young players coming up, maybe play Brian Reap in goal instead of Robbie Henley. That's, see how good he is in goal. But, you know, I'm scraping the barrel here, Aaron. I don't think Mayo are going to learn much whatsoever from these games, considering Sligo and Leitrim are probably the two worst teams in everybody's power rankings, really. In our, the whole of Ireland, never mind Connacht, so... You could see they're way behind and may or not going to learn anything, let's be real. Only bedded a few young players and try maybe a blanket defence for a game against Dublin down the line. I, I don't know. Um, I, I I think that's all they may are going to learn. And it's unfortunate for Sligo and Leitrim. Again, they could have done with a qualifier system, but look, it is what it is. And it's the system we have for this COVID times. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I suppose maybe with Killian O'Connor's injury, they might we might see more of Paul Towie, or or maybe they might play one or two other young lads in there. I suppose they've played, you know, James Horn has tried out a number of of different young lads over the past year or so, and I'd imagine he'd probably do the same in these two games. I think I actually think it's perfect preparation for Mayo, um, to go into either a Galway or Roscommon because it will give them a bit more, 
you know, time to try out different players, especially with that injury to Killian O'Connor, because it's such a it's such a huge injury for them. Uh, Galway and Roscommon, I suppose. I mean, two teams obviously going down to Division Two next year. Um, I suppose both obviously looking to right the wrong. Both teams haven't won many games since the pandemic as well. I know Roscommon won one or two games at the the very start, just after the pandemic when they were back in Division Two. But in terms of you know beating big teams or high quality games, I mean. You know, it's, uh, I suppose for Galway, obviously beat Roscommon recently. So, I mean, what what do you reckon here? Are Galway going to beat Roscommon once again? Or can the Rossies do what they normally do, I suppose, when they get relegated, which is go on and, and win the Connacht Championship? I've seen that statistic actually um, in one of, um, you know, my weekly reactions. I have an Instagram stories um, on a weekly basis. Like, but that's amazing. The fact that Roscommon, every time they get relegated, then they win Connacht out of the blue. They could do it again. You, you never know in this cra- in these crazy times. But I don't know. I don't know what's happened, Galway. In all honesty, like they they probably were all over in favourites in many ways. Consider uh, before the pandemic even began, because Dublin were off form, and, you know, in the league, Galway were putting like two twenty five up against teams like Tyrone, who tend to be defensive. And people like myself said Galway would go on and win the All-Ireland. And then fast forward 50 months and Galway are a mess. Let's be real. They were hammered by Kerry. They, you know, it was a bit of a damn squid against Dublin and Roscommon. They actually got a dodgy goal to get past them. That was the one game they won since the pandemic, which is absolutely crazy in many ways. So, look, it's going to be a close game. I think Roscommon, it was expected they'd go down. I thought they'd go down because they're a bit of a yo-yo side. I know Roscommon fans don't want to admit that, but they kind of are. They go from Division 2, Division 1 nearly every year. But for Galway, it must have been an absolute kick in the teeth. The one advantage I would have for Galway is they have three weeks to prepare for this very game. So maybe that's an advantage that Galway could you know, uh, gain from to play Roscommon to get over that disappointing game against Monaghan but I, I, it's a close game this one but probably go Galway to edge it given Roscommon I think the performances haven't been top notch ever since you know COVID broke at the camp after the game against Armagh where they hammered up at the Athletic grounds they played Cavan after that where it was a bit of a damn squid that game as well and then against Mayo they were on they underperformed hugely in that Connacht semi-final. And then in Division 1, I don't think they've won a game and they weren't really close to Armagh. So, look, I think both sides are really off form. It will be a close game, but I think Galway will have the edge because of the players they can bring on, the likes of Tom O'Callaghan, Jack Lynn, a cornerback. Like, they won the other 20 championship last year. You think surely Galway have to improve for their... Division one campaign this season. So you'd have to fancy Galway to win this game. But Ross Common winnings wouldn't surprise me either. But both teams are bang out of form, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I'd give Galway the edge as well. I think they do have quality players in there. And I think, you know, I think with Shane Walsh in particular, it's just about trying to find the consistency with him. And Robert Finnerty looks like a, 
a good player, a good addition into their starting 15. So he could certainly be one to, to cause a couple of problems, but could easily happen. We've seen it happen numerous times down the years where it was common tend to just turn up in a, an iconic championship when they've had a poor league campaign. It happened once before under Anthony Cunningham. So there's no reason, I suppose, why it can't happen again. I suppose in terms of the Connacht final, whether it's Mayo or Galway, which most people would probably expect, how would you see it going there? I suppose Mayo won't have Killian O'Connor. It looks like he's going to be out for at least the majority of the championship anyway. Maybe might return if Mayo gets one All-Ireland final, but I suppose it's going to be tough for Mayo. And, you know, it might be this might be a close game, maybe a bit like last year, I suppose, in the Connacht final. That was actually a weird game, the Connacht final. Like, Mayo didn't perform particularly well, and Galway still lost the game, which shows... In a nutshell, they're formed since the pandemic began. And yeah, as you said, Kelly O'Connor is going to be an absolute huge loss for Mayo. A bit like Michael Murphy was to Donegal, I think, as far as I'm aware, they were actually, without him going to a Super A game against Toronto, I think he was injured or picking up some knock and he wasn't at full fitness. Donegal ended up getting hammered. So a big player like that missing, you see this with last year's kind of final. Kelly O'Connor got them out of jail in many ways against Galway with his free-taking ability and the players around him didn't step up. The players around Killian O'Connor usually have to step up in this game for Mayo to win it. I know Mayo have quality but they don't have the experience and as of that, the experienced heads like Chris Barris, David Clark, uh, Keith Higgins all of them have now left the panel. You've only like said Lee Keegan there'll be a lot of responsibility on his shoulders and even call a boil um, roaring in the dressing room, roaring the young players on. So it's a very young team for Mayo. Shabby O'Shea obviously missing it for midfield as well. Eight O'Shea wasn't really at his best in Division Two this season. So it could be a banana skin for Mayo in many ways. Galway, this might be the game that Galway find their form finally and win this game. But You'd usually fancy Mayo, but without Killian O'Connor, I'm going to go for a shock result here. I'm going to say Galway will win the Connacht final. I think they have the players. Surely they'll turn it on. And without Killian O'Connor, without the experienced heads in the dressing room, it could be it could be one of those days for Mayo where everything you know goes wrong and the experienced heads aren't there to pick up the pieces in many ways. So. I think Galway could win this Connacht final, but it will be a close game. But I'm going to say Galway will go on and play Dublin that other semi-final. Obviously lose it, but it'll be a brilliant achievement if they do so. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I do worry for Mayo a little bit as well, like, especially without Killian O'Connor. And it's not just Killian O'Connor. We all know they have so much talent, you know, with their other forwards, like Tommy Conroy as well, who we haven't mentioned, Paul Towie, who could potentially come in and, you know, but there is just so much inexperience in there from the full back line. Potentially, you know, obviously Robert Henley's come back in, but we all know the issues he had in All Ireland finals and in big games before we even seen it in the Clare game. So there are some worrying signs there for Mayo. I would give them the edge over Galway for the moment. I think that they, I just, I just can't see Galway managing to turn it around. And I think Mayo have kind of had Galway's number over the past couple of years under James Horan, but. We could easily be wrong, and I suppose we'll have to see, you know, by the time potentially that game does eventually come around. I suppose the Munster Championship, Kerry versus Clare, first of all. Um, I suppose we'll we'll discuss Clare for a minute first of all. Are they the second best team in in Munster at the moment, in your opinion? Horse with a say it, definitely, but they are. 
I, I, I can't say anything against other than that. Like, I know Cork beat them by a point, but Clare could have easily won that game. And it's amazing, like, Clare lost Gary Brennan and they're performing this well. Like, they have some brilliant young players coming through in Daniel Walsh, Carl O'Connor, the likes of uh, Darren O'Neill in midfield coming to the fore, David Tuberty, he's an absolute skilled player. Owen Cleary has been one of the players of the league, let's be real. And they were very close to Mayo, and they sh- probably should have beaten them on another day. They were very unlucky to lose that game, so... You know, yeah, Clare are the second best team. There's no point in debating it. I think they're better coached as well. I think Colin Collins has been around the block for years. He's the longest serving manager throughout the 32 counties. And you could see why he's been there for such a long time. That Clare team is very well drilled. They have attack- their attack is very good. Joe McGann looks very good. Um, Gavin Cooley, a corner forward. There's very nice young players coming through. They've uh, organised defence. And the thing the thing with Cork that separates Clare and Cork, I think Cork at times are very inconsistent. There's there's one performance against like a big side, like a Dublin or a Kerry, that you think, oh, Cork, they're absolutely brilliant. Why can't they pull up it up to the big sides all the time? And then you see a performance like, oh, he was at a match in 2017 against Watford. And then we only beat them by a point. It was a horrendous performance. And then against Clare, we only beat by a point. Westmead, we probably should have lost. So it's a weird one with Cork. They always seem to struggle against smaller teams. And then against bigger sides, more often than not, we turn on the style. But Clare are the much better team. They're the second best team in Munster. And it's very unfortunate that they play Kerry and then they're gone. It's And I said it before and I'll say it again. It's a terrible system to have. Uh, I know there's COVID restrictions and all that, but they could have easily had a qualifier system to benefit the likes of Clare or Derry or Anopheli. So it's unfortunate for Clare, but to answer your question, yeah, they're the second best side of Munster. There's no point debating it. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. I, I know I had Cork above Clare in, the, uh, in my football power rankings, which certainly caused a, a bit of a debate. But yeah, like the, I don't know, the gap between Clare and Cork is definitely quite narrow and I suppose when I seen Cork beat Kerry last year, I think that was the main kind of thing that influenced my thinking there. But you make a lot of good points about Clare. It's very hard to argue against any of them. And I suppose with David Hubbardy on Cleary, maybe on form and Darren O'Neill, the engine in midfield, I thought he was brilliant against Mayo, obviously, when he got that goal and, and the influence he, he had kind of driving forward. I mean, what kind of problems could they cause Kerry in this game? I mean, and, and how, like, what, what do you see the kind of margin of points maybe in this game? Could Kerry win this maybe like they've beaten Tyrone or or a, or, a, or a Galway? But I suppose Clare will most likely get men behind the ball and, and play defensive and probably try to hit Kerry on the break. So I suppose it makes for an intriguing game. It does, yeah. And most people actually think Kerry will hammer Clare. I, I beg to differ. Maybe that's me being a Cartman speaking from the heart in many ways. But I think I think Clare play a running game. You know, they run at full back lines quite often. They did it against Leash. They did it against Mayo. And if Mayo felt threatened by the Clare attack running at them, just watch them against Kerry because Kerry don't... The one thing Kerry don't like is forwards running at them with pace. Cork did it for years, like in 2019, the Munster final. I know we lost the game by three points, but we could have easily won that game if a few referee decisions went our way and, you know, our shooting was a lot better. So 
if Clare play that running game with the likes of Darren O'Neill, Daniel Walsh, Carl O'Connor, they could give an Akeem, I don't know his second name, but Akeem, um, Aaron Griffin, another soap to bring on. If they bring on them young players and run at that carry defence with Ty Borley and Jason Foley, who aren't really equipped to deal with runners running at them towards goal, you know, Clare could actually put it up to Kerry. I think the main problem for Clare, though, is the Kerry forwards, obviously. The likes of Sean O'Shea, Paddy Clifford, David Clifford, the fact that Gordon Kelly's now gone, who coincidentally enough, David Clifford actually described as he's toughest marker ever, and now he's retired, another retiree for the Clare team, which shows how good a job he's, uh, Colin Collins has done this season in Division 2. So, it will be tough. Maybe Killian Brennan can go on. David Clifford put on maybe their best marker in training. Whoever marks David Tuberty or Owen Cleary, the best in training, can go on David Clifford. So it will be a tough ask for Clare, but ultimately, I would say six point, a six-point win for Kerry is probably respectable. But I don't think it will be a hammering. I think Clare will put it up to Kerry. But it, it will be a close game, but... Kerry are all Ireland's contenders for a reason, but the advice I give Claire is run at that Kerry defence because they don't know what will hit them. Mayo did it in 2019, Dublin did it in the replay in 2019, Owen Merchant running straight through that defence, and Kerry got caught. Cork did it in 2019, they did it towards the end with that Mark King goal, even with Sean Mead running at that Kerry defence and then recycling the ball back. So, look. Clare have the players to run at Kerry. The margin of victory, I think, will be six points, but maybe it'll be higher, maybe it'll be lower. But I honestly think Clare will give Kerry a test, but Kerry should have enough to win this game, especially what happened last year with Mark Keane. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure Kerry fans will remember that one very well, or although I'm sure they're all trying to forget. But yeah, look, look, listen, I think I hope hopefully Clare in my well, I suppose look, listen, if we go after if we go after the Mayo game. You know, Claire showed a lot of heart and determination. They seemed very passionate. I've seen different remember clips of like Darren O'Neill who looked exhausted after a goal. It looked like he was only going to start crying with exhaustion. And you know, Owen Cleary as well. Like just the, the amount of passion. Like definitely, Colm Collins has really got them roiled up. Um, and I think if there's an example for a county to really try and exceed and, and get better as the years go on and maybe go from a Division Four team up to a Division Two team, I think Claire is the is the perfect example. And yeah, you know, I hope they do drive at Kerry. And I think if we go off the Mayo game, I think they will. And I think they could cause problems there. And, you know, if we, if we get a situation where we're going into the final 10 minutes and maybe Clare of a two or three point lead, it wouldn't surprise me if Clare did pull it off. But I think, you know, everyone knows, you know, who watches my channel. I, I do think Kerry will go on to the All-Ireland final. But, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a close one and it's going to be an interesting one, um, most certainly. And I'd probably agree. I'd probably have Kerry by maybe six or six or seven points. I suppose the winner of that would play Tipperary and surely you'd have to feel that Tip's reign as, as Munster champions is over. Like they they done what they needed to do last year. They won the Munster championship, but you'd have to feel, even if it is Clare who managed to pull off a shock, would probably be Tipperary at, at this point. Yeah, it's a funny one with Tipperary because, um, yes, they won the Munster Championship well done to them last year after beating Cork, but I was speaking to Robbie Coyley on the podcast recently and he was actually saying the only games they actually played to their full potential were the two games against Cork where they scored 21 points in the league. 
and in the Munster final, they didn't really play, play to their full potential in other games. So I wondered, would that play at all? And the Division 3 did perform well last year in the league. And so it proves they didn't perform well at all. And Longford were actually the much better team than them. And you never know, like, um, Tip went into the game against Clare underdogs last year. Clare were Division 2, so Tip were Division 3 going to that quarterfinal match. And Tip actually dominated Clare for most of the game. But I don't think Clare will make the same mistake if they get through. Well, they probably won't know. It'll probably be Kerry. If it's Kerry, it's Cortons, unfortunately. I think Tipperary will get hammered by Kerry with the likes of David Clifford and Sean O'Shea. If they're on top form, goodbye, Tipperary. It's, you know, they'll focus trying to get back up to Division 3 next year. They have to get back to Division 3. And then again, I actually would be surprised if they don't get back up to Division 3, given, you know, Carlo in that division. Cavan are much better than them, in my opinion. They've better players. I think it was a bit of a blip with them. But I think with Tipperary, I think that's all our minor team. They're coming into their 30s now, and that's a bit of a worry for them, the likes of Connor Sweeney, especially Michael Quindlevin coming up to his late 20s now. So, that is a huge worry for Tipperary. And is the youngsters coming through, given Claire hammered them in the minor championship before Christmas? I don't think it is. And it's it's very unfortunate because you would think after the Munster final win, they'd regroup and, you know, try and get a Munster championship again. But look at their minor under 20 fortunes in recent years and look at them going down to Division 4. I think the, the form has stopped there and they'd probably get a hammering off Kerry and Clare and try to focus on getting back up to Division 3, which is no guarantee given the teams that are in Division 4 and they could easily beat Tipperary in many ways. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I suppose you have Waterford versus Limerick and, and the winner of that will play Cork. I suppose most people would imagine it would be Limerick, obviously, given that they, you know, put up a, a huge fight, I suppose, in, in Division 3 and, you know, we're very close to obviously achieving promotion, losing out narrowly to Derry. So, I suppose if it is Limerick who does beat Waterford going up against yourselves, Cork, I don't know what you think, but I think this could be a, a real banana skin for Cork potentially in this game. But what do you reckon yourself? I'd absolutely agree with you. You'd look at uh, Limerick's attacking firepower and Killian Fahey, Danny Neville, Hugh Bork, who's very impressive at the league. And you've Ian Corbett running through the fence, the Childs brothers. You've Michael Donovan, a cornerback, Donald Sullivan, who I actually think is one of the best goalkeepers in the country, along with the likes of the Ulster goalies and Cluxton. So it's going to be a very tough game for Cork, especially Sean Powder looks like he'll be out for the game. Daniel O'Mahony probably is going to be out of the Limerick game. Uh, Kieran Sheehan has recently retired this weekend, which I think is an absolute huge loss for us in, in regards to experience. And yes, Cork won the under-20 title in 2019 playing unbelievable football, but the team feels a bit too inexperienced. Like the likes of Kieran Sheehan now gone, Daniel Goulding gone over the past few years, Colin O'Neill gone over the past few years, Donnick O'Connor, Paul Kerrigan last year. So it's it's a very inexperienced team. I know Blake Murphy, Mark Cronin, I'd love to see them in the team, but you need the experienced players like the likes of John O'Rourke, Kevin O'Driscoll, Ian Maguire to really step up and grab the game by the scruff of the neck. But looking at games against the likes of Westmead, a few of them have and a few of them haven't. That That's the honest truth of us. 
look, it, it will be a banana skin without a doubt, considering the way Limerick played against Tipperary last year and considering the way they played against Derry this year, they will they will be gunning for this Cork game. Considering Cork absolutely slaughtered Limerick in 2019, Brian Hurley throwing a hat-trick, I believe, in that game. So, look, the, big, the older players have to step up Cork. If they don't, if only about one or two step up and the other three don't, this could be a total banana skin for Cork. And I wouldn't be surprised, considering Cork lost the temporary twice in the space of the last five years, they lost to Clare three times out of the last four teams. I wouldn't be surprised if Limerick, a coming team under Billy Lee, go on a big corpus. You think surely after the marking, you know, drama last year, surely Cork have to kick on and play Kerry in the Munster final and try and repeat us, try and repeat beating them. But then again, I would not be surprised if Limerick beat us. I would have been surprised years ago with Donegal, Connor, Daniel Goulding on them players. But now with some of that inexperienced squad and our two best defenders in O'Mahony and Powder, most likely out for the game, it has the potential for a banana skin. And I wouldn't be surprised if Limerick beat us, maybe even by about five or six points in many ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could it could definitely happen. There's 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 no two ways about it. And I think the reason why I, I do feel that Cork will get the better of Limerick, I think, is is mainly because obviously I was speaking earlier about like when Mead had that shock result against Longford. Like, surely they're going to learn from it. They have the talent. They have the players to do so to beat a team like Longford. And that's why I think Mead will be Longford. And same applies here. I think Cork have have been down this road many a times before where they've been beaten by your Tipperaries and your Clares and. Surely they're going to learn from it. They're going to get the better of a, of a Limerick and, and get the job done. But I suppose the evidence is there to, to show that, unfortunately, maybe they haven't learned in the past, you know, maybe going into the Tipperary game last year, they should have been they should have been more prepared than they were. But I suppose let's say they do get past Limerick and obviously it'd be them and Kerry in a, in a Munster final. But could we see a repeat of 2020? Could they do a the same kind of shock again. Maybe they'll, they'll find someone else from AFL to to pull back last minute or something like that. But I don't know. What what, what do you reckon? I live and dream, Aaron. I live and dream. <laughs> um, look, look, it's Kerry again. Uh, we've only beaten the Moon since 2013 in the championship. Obviously, that Marquee goal and it was absolutely brilliant the way the way we beat them, not just the actual win, but oh man. Um my heart says yes, my head says no. Um, it's it's incredibly tough to call. I suppose it's easy for you or even Patrick Sharkey from Donegal or John McMahon for Cavan saying it's a Kerry win, but as a Cartman, I, I just yeah, will we do will we do it again? Um, look, if if we do what we did in 2019, more so because I think. Kerry played defensive tactics and kind of played into our hands. If we play like we did in 2019, man on man, run at that Kerry defense, which we know are vulnerable in years gone by. If we punt the ball in into Brian Hurley or if we put Rory Deed in, you know, to win a high high ball like we did in the first few minutes in 2018 until it was a hammering in the end. Look, we could we could um get the run of Kerry, but then again, maybe the referee will get in the way like he did in 2015 or 2019 and kind of ruin our chances, but hopefully that will not happen. But 
Um, I'm sorry to my fellow Cartman. I have to go in my head here. I think Kerry will slightly edge us. I think it'll be I think it'll be four points if we get to the Munster final, but I as I said, I, I live and dream. It's in my dreams that we beat Kerry for the second year in a row. I kind of cling on to the fact that Galway beat Mayo for the second time in a row when no one expected us in Connacht. Maybe the same will happen again, but it, it surely won't. It surely won't. I surely carry with that attack hand, David Clifford, Sean O'Shea. They have to beat us this time around, and I predict carry, but I think it'll be something like a four or five point margin this time around. Yeah, yeah, like a, I'd have to agree, which I think Kerry should be beating Cork. I think they've definitely improved since that since that game, and I think Cork have arguably gotten worse, potentially maybe with players retiring and injuries and whatnot. And you'd have to fancy Kerry to, to come through that game. And like what you said in 2019, I think, you know, I almost forget that game happened. It almost feels like it was five or six years ago. I suppose it was only two years ago, and I think that game was close enough in the end. There was only a couple of points in it, so... You know, and you never know. You know, we we seen what happened last year. Stranger things have happened, and we'll see what happens. But I suppose in terms of Kerry going on then into you know the All Ireland semi finals and a potential All Ireland final, what do you think could Kerry crack the code and beat the Dubs? I think you know it's the it's the million dollar question. I think at the minute, could they end Dublin's reign as uh, as All Ireland champions? It all depends how they sit up in in. In many ways, really, like they have the attack, they can't, as I say, trust the chat here. But Dublin, if they if they get the run and carry the likes of James McCarthy, Owen Merchant, Brian Fenton running at that fragile carry defense, in my opinion. Look, if Kerry go man on man with that Dublin team, they'll get a hiding. I think they played somewhat of a defensive system in 2019 in the first game, and it kind of worked. Well, they got lucky with Johnny Cooper getting sent off. He deserved to get sent off, in, in my opinion. But they got lucky with sending off. They, they That was their chance, really, to get one over Dublin. Maybe they need the, a repeat of that. Someone getting sent off. But something that could be advantage to carry. John Small, I thought, was Dublin's most impressive defender last year. And he pulled the hamstring against carrying the league. He could be out for the whole year. I don't know the full story on that, but if he's out for the full championship, that's going to be advantage carry because if Sean O'Shea comes up against a second Dublin centre-back, I'm not sure who it'll be. Robbie Bedead maybe move into the centre-back position and maybe he's a bit inexperienced after two years playing in championship uh, rather than John Small's six or seven, maybe even eight. So maybe Kerry can get one over in Dublin, but as I said, throughout um, my years uh, speaking on your channel, Kerry's defence will be the undoing of them. If someone runs at them, if a team runs at them collectively and Kerry will back off, you know, it 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 will be curtains in many ways for Kerry, I think. They'll get to the order to find they should have enough to beat Donegal, I think. They've slightly better players than Donegal. Donegal have good players and Michael Murphy might be back for that game, but I think Dublin have, have to win this All-Ireland. Um, I think if something miraculous happens, like in 2019 with Johnny Cooper getting sent off or Dublin get a, two black cards in the space of 15 minutes, there's a chance for Kerry. They have to grab that chance, though, unlike they did in 2019 with Dean Rock getting late, free to level it. 
they have to take their chances. They have to get the matchups right. If they do that, if it's a marvellous performance by Kerry, a monumental performance, they could do it. But if they perform somewhat like they did against Cork in 2019, against Donegal, the Super 8s in 2019, if they perform like they did against Throne, it's a maybe. They could get, get the run of the dubs in the All-Ireland final. But if they perform like they did in games you know, where they drew against Donegal in the Super 8s, in games against Mayo where they lost in the league final in 2019, the game against Ross Common this year, I know they were playing somewhat of a second side, but if they perform like that, I think Dublin should have enough to beat them, but it has to be a miraculous performance by Kerry to overcome Dublin. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree with you there. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be very intriguing. I think how how both counties set up against each other and what Kerry's approach is and what Dublin's approach is as well. And I suppose, yeah, like what like what you said, maybe with the with the halfback line, there might be some changes in there. I have a sneaky feeling James McCarthy's gonna play in and around there, whether it's at the six or maybe a wing back, because I know Desi's been testing out a lot of different midfield partners in in that midfield with Paulo Kovic Byrne and Tom Lahiff. So there could easily be a scenario where maybe James McCarthy drops in there. And I think Johnny Cooper played in there and, and won the games as well. But Sean McMahon's come in at cornerback. So, you know, he looks like maybe the potential long-term replacement for Johnny Cooper. So it is very, very intriguing. It's going to be interesting to, to see, I suppose, how it all, all does pan out. But ultimately, I suppose, you'd, you'd have the dubs anyway, winning the, the All-Ireland and, and Sam staying in the capital. Um, unfortunately for everybody around the country, or yourself, Aaron, and any other Dublin fan, but um, yeah, uh, Dublin for seven in a row, and it could even be eight if Kerry don't get their defence in order. I think they need someone like a defensive rock, someone like a Marco Sherry or Bandy. If they were in this team, I think Kerry would give much more of a chance to Dublin down through the years, but as it is with that defence, if Tyrone improve. I could see Tyrone maybe in a qualifier system back to that next year. They could challenge Dublin with the players they have. Colin McShane coming back for the Ulster Championship this year. Conor McKenna staying around. Paul Donaghy. Maybe Tyrone, if Fork Logan and Brian Dewar get their tactics in order and if Donegal break the taboo and get to the all the semi-final. But other than that, it's a period of Dublin dominance, unfortunately, Ed, for everybody other than Dublin around the country. And it could even be nine in a row, could even be 10. We don't know. It depends how Tyrone, Donegal, Mayo, Kerry improve down through the years or even Galway. So, unfortunately, it's going to be a period of Dublin dominance for the next two, three years, in my opinion, unless someone pulls their finger out and improves like a Tyrone or a Kerry or Donegal. Yeah, like Tyrone, I think are definitely a team maybe in the next couple of years could potentially have that you know potential but I did think that this year maybe it's just too soon maybe they just need to get more players back from injuries and maybe the club championship needs to come back as well so Fergal Logan and Brian Dewar can have a look at more players the under 20s maybe need to come back as well so yeah Tyrone could definitely be a team maybe the next couple of years but you'd have to you'd have to fancy Dublin at this point and I know for myself as a, as a Dublin fan it's been a privilege following Dublin over the past 10 years or so and unfortunately for, for fans of other counties I don't see it stopping anytime soon 
Thanks very much for everyone who watched and listened to this podcast. This was the All-Ireland Football Preview Podcast, of course, with myself and Matthew Hurley from the GA Statsman Podcast. Do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already. The hurling preview will be out tomorrow. Me and Matthew obviously go on to discuss the hurling uh, as well, so do stay tuned for that. But yeah, leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already. Stay tuned for more videos, podcasts, interviews coming soon, and I'll see you later.